right. Good morning, Life Point Church. Hope everyone is well. Had a great weekend. Um, today is week three of our current message series called Friends. And, and what we're doing in this series, if you, you haven't joined us yet uh, in the first couple of weeks, is we're looking at the power and the importance of our relationships, right? Of the people that we allow in our lives, that we bring into our, <clears throat> specifically into our inner circle. How they have the potential and the power to either affect our lives in a positive way or in a negative way. In week one of this series, we kind of laid just the general foundation for all this, the, the power and the importance of our friends, but we also looked at what God's word has to say about the type of friend that we actually are. Because before we can start thinking about the type of friend uh, that we need in our lives, we have to make sure that we are being a good friend to others. Not only just a good friend, but the kind of friend that God wants us to be. That's what's most important, right? So we talked about that in week one. We looked at the fact that as a friend, as a, a true Christ follower friend, right, we have to be present, both physically, when we can in this COVID world, um, but also emotionally present. Last week, we uh, continued on, and, and we talked about the fact that you may be one friend away from pushing your life to the next level, right? One friend away from pushing your life and changing it forever, right? We talked about, we looked specifically at King David, three of his friends, three of his friends that represent the type of friends that we all need. We need all three of these types of friends in our lives, right? We looked at and we saw that he had a friend that made him better. We all need that. He had a friend that helped him to find strength, but not just strength in general, but strength specifically in the Lord, spiritual strength, a friend that pushed him to that. And then he had a friend, the one that sometimes we don't want, but probably most of the time we have, is a friend that tells us the truth, <laughs> no matter what. Whether, whether we're asking for it or not, they're going to tell you the truth. My dad called me this week and was like, hey, um, you realize you're that friend for me, right? I was like, yeah, dad, my bad. But you need the friend that's going to tell you the truth. And today, we're going to be talking about the power and the importance of community, right? Of community. So let's go ahead and kick things off with our main thought, our main point for this entire series, and it's this. If you want to see your future, you just take a look at your friends. Look at your friends, the people, again, when we say friends in this series, we're talking about your inner circle, not your acquaintances, not people that you know loosely, but your inner circle friends, because they matter. They matter a lot. Solomon said it like this in Proverbs 13, verse 20. He said, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Basically, what he's saying is if you hang out with people that are smarter, wiser, better, right, maybe more talented, more successful, more driven than you, they're going to bring you to their level. Equally, if you hang out with people that are lazy, not driven, judgmental, angry all the time, bitter, they're going to pull you 
to their level. If you want to see your future, take a look at the people that are in your inner circle. Now, for the graphics and uh, the title of this series, we're, we're kind of playing off the very successful and iconic show Friends, right? Um, some people are stoked because there's a Friends reunion coming up. That would be my wife. Um, side note, I don't know if I've said this or not, but uh, me and my wife, actually, we just celebrated our 17th year um, married yesterday. was our anniversary, 17 years. Yeah, thank you. That's, that applause is for her. 17 years of putting up with me is impressive. Impressive. But for probably 15 and a half or 16 years of our marriage, we have gone to bed with friends playing. And it drives me insane. Like, I know friends through and through whether I want to or not. But we've, we're kind of playing off this show Friends, and have you ever wondered why shows like Friends or uh, Parks and Recreation, right? Big Bang Theory, The Office, New Girl, or even the show Community, why those, like, they're so popular? It, it resonates with so many people, and they find themselves attracted to shows like this. Have you ever wondered why, other than just they're hilarious? I think one of the main reasons that we are attracted and people are attracted to shows like this is because of the sense of community that they show in these, in these people's fake lives. We see the type of community they have, their friendships, and how they do life together, and man, we want that. I know when I watch The Office, I'm like, man, I would love to work in an office like that. But it's because of the type of community it's crazy. It's all over the place. But at the end of the day, like they're family. I think that's why we're drawn to that because it hits a basic need for us. Whether we realize it or not, we long for true and authentic community. We need it. God created us that way. But see, herein lies the problem. Because while we need community, while we subconsciously long for it, so many times we are fighting to prove our independence, to prove to everyone around us, to the world and everyone that, that we're good on our own. Like, I got this. I'm good. And if I bring you into my inner circle, it's not because I need you. It's because I want it to. But at the end of the day, I'm good. We chase this visual of independence, when in reality, independence is the exact opposite, the exact opposite of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Because being a follower of Jesus is not about being independent, but rather being dependent upon him, as well as being dependent on his people. That's what it means to be a true Christ follower, right? Because Jesus died for you, he died for me, he died for all of us, and he loves us all, and we are his church. Therefore, we are to do this life together, to love him and to serve him, but also to love each other, right? To be there for one another, to serve one another, to love one another, to encourage one another, to lift each other up. That's what we are designed to do. We are designed and created for community. But you see, because we try to journey towards independence as opposed to dependence, we once again find ourselves empty. 
alone. Right? As we said in the, the first week of this series, like here in 2021, like we are around more people than ever. We are more connected to people than ever, yet we are feeling more and more alone. We feel disconnected, although we are incredibly connected. And what we talked about last week is maybe that something is missing. We realize that. Something is missing. But rather than it being something, last week we talked about it being someone that's missing. And so this week what we're going to look at is that maybe it's not just someone that's missing, but rather maybe it's a group of someones that are missing. Maybe you're missing out on true community. So our main thought for today is this, very similar to last week's, but you may be one community away from pushing your life to the next level. One community away from changing everything. A strong community of Christ followers that could really radically change the game for you. A group of connected Christ followers that, again, are there for you in the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. They celebrate with you. They cry with you. You connect, you hang out, you talk about scripture together, you argue about nonsense together, you debate conspiracy theories together or whatever you want to do. I'm, I'm here for it all. Talk about stocks and cryptocurrency. Eric Olson. I'm sure I'll have a gift later today about Dogecoin. And I'll love it. But community, right? We long and we need this. You may be one community away from pushing your life to the next level, changing your future forever. In my life personally, when I think back on just my, honestly, from high school on, and I look at the different communities that I've been a part of and that have been in and out of my life, I mean, it has, it has truly shaped the kind of person that I am, the man that I am, the type of husband I am, the type of father I am, and the type of minister that I am. Like, it's shaped and changed everything for me. Community is so, so important. But what I want you to understand today as we talk about this is when I think about all those communities in my life that had a positive impact, none of it happened by chance. None of it happened on accident. Rather, I found and entered into these communities in a very intentional way. We create the communities that we're a part of. You have to know what to look for, and then you chase after it. You create these opportunities and the communities. And when we look for what a solid, healthy community of Christ followers look like, we need to go no further than go into the book of Acts. Right? Acts chapter 2. It's a passage of scripture we're all familiar with, but if we're going to talk about community, we've got to talk about Acts 2. So we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42, and it says this about this beautiful community of Christ followers. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. It says they devoted themselves. It wasn't a half-hearted thing, right? It wasn't something that they just did on Wednesdays at, you know, six o'clock. No, they devoted themselves to this community, a community centered around Jesus, 
right? Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers, don't miss this. Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions and gave to one another who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Kind of a picture of the church, right? They met together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, right? Life groups, community groups. And then it says, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That, LifePoint Church, is the type of community that we must strive to be like. Because that is the picture-perfect community of health and strength and what it means to be the church. It's the very definition of doing life together. You see, you could be one community away from everything being different for you in a positive way. One community away. And again, I promise you, it's not going to happen by chance. It's not going to happen by accident. You're not going to trip and fall into like this incredible community and like, oh, hey, cool. What's up, people? Now, God might lead you to a great community, but then it's your job to step in and take an active role in creating it and continuing it and being an active role, right? They devoted themselves. They were committed. They were all in. And so what we're going to do in the rest of our time here today is I want to share with you three very unique qualities that are found, that are always found in a healthy, strong community of Christ followers so that you can know what to look for as you target it, and you can also know how to continue to create it. So what are these three qualities? The first quality that we see, we're just going to get right into it, and you've heard this one before, it's that we have refrigerator rights. In a healthy community, you have refrigerator rights. If someone that is in my community, right, they're, they're family. When they show up to my house, they don't have to knock on the door. They don't have to ring the doorbell. They just walk in because they're family. They're part of my community, right? And when they're there, if they want to get something to drink or to get up, they just get up and get it. Because what's mine is theirs, and what's theirs is mine. We're community. Like, it's not this awkward thing. We have refrigerator rights. Now, think about how awkward it would be as if, you know, you, like, we just met for the first time, and you invite me over to your house. We'd probably go hang out, like, walk in, say, hey, I would knock. You'd let me in. And we'd sit in the living room and hang out for a little bit, start talking, get to know each other. You know, the norm. And then what if I just said, well, hang on one second. I'll be right back. And then I just got up and went into your kitchen. Started making a sandwich. Pouring a drink. You know? And then I come scrolling back in with a plate, like fine china, you know, plate of sandwich, some chips, and a drink. I'm like, oh, my bad, did y'all, I'm so rude. Y'all want something? I should have asked. Y'all need anything before I sit down? Like, you probably wouldn't say anything in the moment because it would just be too awkward. But when I left, you'd be like, yo, did y'all see that? This dude just went and helped himself to the kitchen, made a sandwich. Like, what in the world? That's crazy. I mean, that's how you would think, right? I would. I probably would have said something because I'm just kind of blunt like that. But, you know, it would be weird. 
But it's because the reason that would be uncomfortable and weird is because we hadn't yet built that intimacy, that relationship, right? To have that type of access without permission. We hadn't built refrigerator racks. But in a community, a true community of Christ followers, or just a community in general, bro, you have refrigerator rights. You share everything. You're not upset if they go and get something to drink or to eat, grab some chips. And they know where it's at. They know where the cups are. They know not to open the junk drawer, but to go over here because that's where the forks are. Right? Don't act like you don't got a junk drawer. Everybody does. But you have refrigerator rights. It's a sign of a true community. This is exactly what we read about in Acts 2, 44, when it said all the believers were together and had everything in common. They were family. They were close. They were connected. So the question is, is how many of you all, when you think of how many people in your life have refrigerator rights in your home? Like how many people is that for you? Better yet, how many people in your life do you have refrigerator rights at their house? If you answer only like two or three, maybe four, I'll just be honest. You're missing out. You're missing out on what God wants for you. See, we've said it time and time again. God speaks to us through prayer, right? Through his word, but also through his people. And you need to be in a healthy community of Christ followers. It could propel you to the next level. You need refrigerator rights. The second thing that we see is that a great and healthy community of Christ followers is that we all have flawed feet. Right? And I'm not talking about your physical feet. Y'all might have jacked up feet. I don't know. I don't want to see. But we all have flawed feet, being that none of us are perfect. No one in your community is perfect. I think it's interesting, man. Like, as soon as I became a pastor, like, people automatically started to think that, like, I'm, like, like this special human, like super spiritual, or that, you know, the people that I hang out with are all just, like, holy, and we just sit around and read our Bibles all day long and, like, meditate and sing worship and this and this and that and that. And again, nothing's wrong with that. If that's your community, right on, bro. But my feet are flawed. My community, people I hang with, and even in my inner circle, we're all flawed. None of us are perfect. Guess what? We piss each other off from time to time. We put our foots in our mouths every once in a while and say something dumb. We probably don't always talk great about each other behind our, their backs at times. But here's the difference. We're in this thing together. We're truly family. So when we make a mistake, we own it. We apologize for it. And when someone wrongs us, we work through it and we receive that apology. We don't think of ourselves better than anyone else in our community. If you were in my community, like inner circle, some of you all are, trust me, I don't think myself any better than you all. I'm striving to be like most of y'all for real. We all have flawed feet. Romans chapter 15 verse 7 tells us this. I love this. It says, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. As a community, we're to accept one another. Right? 
we're going to be the friend that tells the truth doesn't mean we look past issues. No, part of having flawed feet is calling each other on it. But we do so in love, and we do so in a way that we know our feet are just as flawed, and we hope they call us on it one day. But we accept and love one each other. Each other. And it's just as Christ accepted you. Think about how Christ accepts you. Think about your flaws. Think about the skeletons in your closet. Think about the sins that you probably have not told anybody. Yet he accepts you and loves you. That's how we're supposed to be with our community. That's what true community looks like. We accept one another. We have flawed feet. We're there for each other. We understand one another. And we own our mess so that we can grow and be better, clean up those feet the best that we can, right? What's interesting is that in Scripture, if you've read much Scripture, study much Scripture, back at the time the Scripture was written, um, anytime there was someone who had some type of like physical illness or physical deformity, right, um, it was always viewed as a, being a result of sin. And so a lot of times the religious people, the religious elite would reject these people. Right? They would push them away. But there's an amazing story in the Old Testament about a guy named Mephibosheth. And, and he had this accident, and he, like, he messed up both his feet. So he was, his, both feet were lame, as Scripture says. And, and so he was rejected by society because he had this accident, and his feet were jacked up. So he's therefore just rejected because he's sinful or something else, that something caused it or whatever. And so he was rejected. But the king, the king had mercy on him. And showed him love because they had a relationship together. Because they were in community. So despite what everyone else said and that everyone else rejected him, he said, nah, bro, you're my friend. You're my family. Second Samuel chapter 9 verse 13 says this. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem and because he always ate at the king's table, he was lame in both feet very interesting verse and I don't want you to miss the power of that that the king accepted him the king loved him when everyone else rejected him and not only did he accept him and love him but he ate at his table huge significance at this day and age to break bread together to share a meal that was very intimate it was very powerful and the man that was rejected was brought to the table but here's the thing we're all flawed we all are like him and have jacked up feet. Every single one of us. But when we're sitting at the king's table, what do you not see? You don't see anybody's feet. At the king's table, feet are not a problem. Because we're accepted and we're loved. And it must be the same way in our communities, our tables. So we have refrigerator rights. We have flawed feet. And the final thing, and the most important, in my opinion, quality of a true, strong, healthy, Christ-centered community is that we fight lions together. But we fight lions together. 1 Peter 5.8 reminds us to be alert and of sober mind. Why? Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking, looking for someone to devour. 
understand that we truly have a spiritual enemy who wants nothing more than to destroy you. Prowling around like a lion. I don't know if you've ever watched a video on how a lion hunts. Low to the ground, finds kind of some camouflage, some high reeds or whatever, and he just stalks his prey. And when they're weak and vulnerable, attack with the quickness. There was a video that I wanted to show you guys, but I know it's pretty graphic. I know some of you all aren't like okay with that. <laughs> so it's a YouTube video of a lion attacking a, a, a baby water buffalo, right? Already, look at my wife and my daughter are like, oh, how dare you? Um, it's a very popular video. You've probably already seen it. It's on YouTube. It's got like 86 something million views. Go watch it if you want, but I'll break it down for you real quick. So this lion, right? Actually, about four or five lions are stalking these, these few water buffalo, and there's a little calf, a little baby, and they wait till it gets just a little bit separated, not even that far, and, and boy, it takes off and gets it. And all four of them surround it. They got them. It's, it's buck wild. Like, they're kind of in the water, in and out of the water. Then out of nowhere, like, this alligator jumps up and starts fighting them for it, and they pull it away from the alligator. Crazy. Buck wild. Check it out if, if you're into that. Um, but what happens is that a herd of water buffalo quickly come to its rescue. And they fight the lions together. And they rescue that baby calf. Just when you think it was like, I'm like, whoa, how'd that thing walk away? I mean, it's, it, was, it was getting mauled for a minute. Well, I'm not showing it, but I'm going to tell you about it. So now you're all curious. I know, sickos. You're interested. You're intrigued. But no, but seriously, so they're, they're fighting lions together. See, these, these lions forgot that even though they stalked, right, this little baby water buffalo, they could have taken it out no problem. They forgot the water buffalo roll deep. They roll in herds, and they're not playing around. And they were no match for those water buffalo when they were in community. When it was just one or two of them, four lions, no way. They're going to take them all down. They're going to eat good. But when they were in community together, fighting lions together, they were able to save them. They fought lions together. And it's the same thing for us, Right? When you're in a strong, healthy community of Christ followers and you're fighting lions together, man, the enemy is no match for you because it's powerful, because we're together. Sure, you might be, have someone in your group that's vulnerable and they're going to get taken out. They're going to be attacked, but it's not going to happen if we're together. If that person that's vulnerable has a community that comes to the rescue. We've got to fight lions together. You can't do it on your own. I don't care how good you are. You can't. You cannot fight them all alone. And I don't know about you, Life Point, but if, if water buffalo can stick together and fight lions together, man, then shouldn't the church be able to do the same? Shouldn't we have each other's backs? Shouldn't we support one another? Shouldn't we lift each other up? Shouldn't we truly fight for each other? Because I'm telling you, the enemy is going to attack. He's going to attack you. He's going to attack your spouse, your kids, your family. Like, he's going to wait and watch, just like a lion. He's going to prowl around. He's going to wait for the right moment. But we're good if we got community. Because even if someone gets snatched up for a moment, 
community comes around and says, no, 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 that's ours. You don't get him. You don't get her. This is our community. We fight lions together. You don't want to fight cancer alone. You don't want to fight addiction alone. You don't want to fight financial problems alone. You don't want to fight your kids struggling and wandering off alone. You don't want to fight your maybe um, mental struggles or mental illness, right? Trauma that you've experienced in your life and that you're wrestling with. You don't want to fight that alone. You weren't designed to fight that alone. We're designed for community. In the community, we fight lions together. We pray for each other. We lift each other up. We pray not for, but with each other. We encourage each other. We're there. And some of you may be vulnerable right now. Just to be honest, you may be vulnerable right now. And you may be one community away from being rescued. One community away from moving and pushing your life to the next level. You see, when the church actually models this, when the church actually loves each other and is a true, strong, and healthy community, people that don't know Jesus take notice. It could be one of the strongest uh, voices that you have in sharing the gospel message of Jesus and the love of Jesus by loving each other, right? That's why John chapter 13 says in verse 34 and 35, Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's talking about loving our family, fellow believers. And unfortunately, I know I could probably talk to each and every person that's here or each of you that's watching online, and you've probably had a run-in with someone in the church that didn't love you. Someone in the church in the name of Jesus that judged you because your feet were dirty and flawed, just like theirs. But they judged you. They hated you. They said terrible things about you and to you, or they just ignored you. They didn't welcome you in, or they told you, if you're going to be a part of our community, you got to look this way. You got to say these things. You need this thick of a Bible or this Bible translation. You can't have this other translation because, ooh, heresy. And they pushed you away. But Jesus says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. Which, guess what? It's impossible. We can't love each other like Jesus loved us. But that's our goal. And the only way we can even come close to that is with Jesus living in and through us. Like Jared and the team saying, from the inside out, we've got to allow, allow God to work in us. And when we do that, we start to love one another. We have refrigerator rights. Right? We don't see our flawed feet. We see each other. We encourage and lift each other up. We're a healthy community, and we fight lions together. You may be one community away from moving and pushing your life to the next level. And don't sleep on that. If you don't have that strong community, get intentional about it.
be creative. I know I've said this several times, but we are seriously trying to get some community, new life groups, community groups launched um, by summer. And I want each of you a part of it because it's, it's, it is. It's going to push your life to the next level. It's going to encourage you. We're going to have a community group for people that are fairly new to LifePoint so that you can understand what we're all about and get to know each other so that we can start building relationships. I'd love for you to have refrigerator rights at my house. I just got a new refrigerator. I'd like to show you. Community is everything. You were created for it. You might be that one community away. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We love you so much. We're so thankful that you show us your love and that you speak to us, that you have our backs. You show us what real community and real love is like. So, Father, as we worship you and we learn from you and we hear your voice, Lord, may we model love the way that you love. May we be intentional about getting into healthy, strong communities of Christ followers. Not that they're perfect, because again, flaw feet, you know that. You see it all. But that we're coming together to encourage each other, to pray with each other, to pray for each other, lift each other up. Iron sharpening iron so that we can truly be the best that we can be. To do the things that you created us to do and to love each other and love others. Jesus, will we get in strong communities, just as you created us to. As we continue in a spirit of prayer, maybe you're here this morning or you're watching online, and the first step that you need to take in being in a strong, healthy community is actually to come into a community and relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've been to church several times, but you've, you know, checked things out, but you've never really given your life to Jesus. You've never relinquished control. You're still struggling and fighting to show everyone that you're independent. Maybe for you it's time to say, no, I'm open-handed. Jesus, I want to be dependent on you, your people, and most importantly on you. And so if you're ready to step over that line of faith, Scripture says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God rose him from the grave, that you'll be saved. See, God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. Take on your guilt, your sin, your shame, so that you could know him. And so you just confess and believe. It's your heart connecting with his. So right now, if you're here in person or if you're watching online, if you're ready to step over that line of faith, you just call out to him wherever you're at. There's no special words you have to say. It's about confessing and believing. Believing that Jesus is who he said he is. That you're flawed, flawed feet, and you're in need of a savior. That he's the one. So you can call on him now. Or if you have more questions, I'd love to talk with you after the service. You can send me a direct message. Um, or we can chat whenever. I'm here for it. We want to walk point with you in your relationship with Jesus. But maybe you are a Christ follower, right? And when you look, you've kind of been isolating recently. And I know a lot of people, I do the same thing. Whenever things get tough, 
start struggling, stress out. It's like we naturally start to like isolate, withdraw. But that's the opposite of what we need to do. We need to lean in in those moments into healthy, strong communities. So I want to challenge you, if that's where you're at, begin to build intentional, strong, healthy communities. It's not going to happen by chance. If you do nothing different, nothing's going to change. But ask God to bring healthy community into your life and then enter into it as an active member, active role. Maybe it's here with us at Life Point Church. Maybe it's in a life group. Maybe it's you starting a life group. Maybe God's going to lead you to say, hey, you know what, I want to start a life group in this end of town or at this time or with these groups of people. Do it. We're about it. Fight lions together. Community matters. It could change your future. Jesus, again, we love you and we thank you. Pray that you would speak truth over each person that's here this morning or that's watching online. Whenever they're watching, Lord, they, they would feel your love, feel your strength, and know who they are in and through you. Not who everyone says they are, what the world says they are, but who you say they are. Jesus, for those that don't know you, I pray that you would, your Holy Spirit would convict them and speak to them so that they would come to know you as Savior. And those that do, Lord, I pray that we would long to be more and more like you. Part of the way we can do that is to get in healthy communities, healthy friends in our inner circle. Jesus, speak truth and love over us. We need it. In your name we pray. Amen.
as we continue on with our worship through our tithes and our offerings here at LifePoint Church, there's a few different ways that you can give. Um, you can give on your way out the door, um, right there in the middle, on your way out to the little table. It's got envelopes. If you want to give in person, you can fill that out. Um, you can do that. If you do fill one of those out, we do ask that you take the pen that you use and just drop it in the basket as well, as well so that we know it's just single use. Um, so we appreciate that. Um, you can go to our website, lpc502.com. Uh, top right-hand corner is an online giving button. Uh, you click it, it takes you to a safe and secure place where you can give. Um, or you can use text to giving by text the amount um, to the number 84321. Um, I'm hoping to be able to roll out next week another way to give, which will be the easiest um, and the cleanest way to give, which will be through a new app that I've been working on for the past several weeks. It's pretty slick. So I'm hoping to have that ready to go. So I'm saying that now um, so y'all can hold me accountable to that, right? So, uh, but I'm, I'm hoping to have that ready to go. It's going to be awesome. So it'll make giving and connecting even easier. So um, speaking of connecting um, with community, if you haven't yet, and fill out a digital connection card by uh, texting the word connect to the number uh, 502-236-9446. That gets us your information and it signs you up for the text alerts. Um, so we're not going to hunt you down. We're not going to annoy you. I promise. It's just a good way for us to connect um, and, and reach out about things that are upcoming and for you to ask questions. So it's a great platform. So I um, encourage you to do that. But um, just want to get to know you guys, connect, continue to do life together, build community, all these good things, man. That's what we're here for. So um, we just appreciate you being a part of it and being um, on board with us and on mission with LifePoint Church. So, uh, man, thank you all for being here. And um, we'll hope to see you next week as we wrap this series up. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, where we might need to unfriend. So um, it'll be fun. So uh, make sure you're here with us next week. It'll be awesome. In the meantime, if you need anything throughout the week, hit us up online. Um, give us a shout. We're here for it. Love you all, and have a great, great week. And checking out LifePoint Church. If you'd like more information or if you have any questions, you can either drop a comment below or you can visit us on our website or any of our social media platforms. And if you have questions, just go ahead and ask, and someone from our team will get back with you as soon as we possibly can. Also, if you want to continue to worship uh, with your tithes and your offerings, or if you just simply want to give to LifePoint Church, you can head over to our website. It's lpc502.com. In the top right-hand corner is an online giving button. If you click it, it takes you to a safe and secure place where you can give. You can also begin to text to give by texting the amount that you want to give to the number 84321. But however you choose to give, we're just so thankful and humbled by the fact that you're on mission and that you're giving back just a portion of what it is that God has blessed you with. Again, thank you all so much for being here with us today. We hope that you'll join us in connecting and doing life online throughout the week. And until next Sunday, we'll see you later. Have a great one.